0: Valley,
1: hooey, Hollywood. Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the duck with the human eyes and the very human boobies.
2: Uh, and I'm, I'm Henry, the duck pornographer. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, God.
1: So before we get into what we watched, I have to tell you, I didn't even watch the trailer. <laughs> like, okay. I had no idea what we were getting into. I knew the cover had a duck bill, and it had two duck feet sticking out of planet Earth, and that was everything I knew about this movie, except that it was famously very bad.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I'm i pretty sure that I watched this movie as a child, which is unacceptable no. to think about, having watched this as an adult. Yeah. Uh, I remember very little about it, but I do remember, like, having little kid ickies. Like, where do you know you've watched a thing you're sort of not supposed to watch? Oh, God, I Just bet. So, like when you did it with your like with your parents in the room. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah, about it. Yeah, oh,
1: for your parents in the room, this would not be a good watch.
2: No, no. Uh, so this is our Tim Robbins episode. Guess so. Uh,
1: Tim Robbins, who won his Oscar for Mystic River back in the early aughts.
2: Yep. Uh, and he's he's very good in Mystic River. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's an excellent actor. I sort of forget that he exists, because he had that, like, boomlet in the 90s where he was in, like, fucking every movie. He was sort of like if Tom Hanks passed on a part, they would just pass it to Tim Robbins. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, post, post Shawshank, post Mystic River, you don't see a lot of leading Tim Robbins roles.
2: It's just, like, him getting arrested at nuclear power plants and shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know what... He's a professional Uh, celebrity
1: activist at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's I mean, he's Mr. Susan Sarandon, and that's like that is his sort of angle in the world. And more power to him. Uh, He's abysmal in this. He's the worst part of this movie. Oh man, Uh, I
1: totally disagree. I loved him in this movie. I thought he was he was giving me (laughs) he was giving me big golden retriever energy. And I just like, for one, I think I was like. Astounded at how young he was. I think I was just so surprised. I didn't, I don't know what I was expecting as this movie was made in 1986, but I just didn't know what a little Tim Robbins face was going to look like. And then he was so small. He does
2: have like a glaze of baby fat across his entire body so in this little. movie. That like, he had to be in his 30s, right? Like, that, that doesn't super equate. But yeah, I mean, he, so by and large, good actor good if kind of sometimes annoying activist, uh, generally sort of understated in my experience. Like,
1: yeah. he's,
2: like, subtle, can be sort of brooding. Kind of dry. Can be, like, yeah. dry. But, like, has a sort of soft charisma.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, like He's a cartoon you know, he, in this movie.
2: He is playing for the back of the yes. Globe Theater across the fucking Atlantic. He is. Like, he is... He's doing children's vaudeville. He's basically wearing a Commedia dell'arte mask, but it's his face in this. And he's
1: like a goofy, nerdy scientist. So he he really is like he's like a caricature upon a caricature. He's just the the most over the top. But I think that I kind of just I must I must have been just a so surprised at seeing what a what a baby child he actually was when I think I was expecting Tim Robbins the man, and then. I don't know. I think that when you're accosted with so much going on in Howard the Duck, it's just, it's nice to see someone kind of realize what movie they're in, I guess. I, th- yes. I think he, he knew what this was intended to be, which is borderline a cartoon that included humans in it, even though there is no animation.
2: Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool world, but without cartoons. Yeah. Uh, with like sometimes puppet. Sometimes puppet, sometimes clearly little person in a suit,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and uh, this is probably a, a fun fact that you've seen. His head shape, Howard's head shape, not Tim Robbins's head shape. Tim Robbins's head shape is constant. <laughs> yeah. uh, Howard, so Howard the Duck, the main character, his head shape changes throughout the movie based on whether he is a uh, a puppet or like a little person in a suit. Oh
1: my God! Of course, it, I didn't notice that, but now that you said it, I noticed that. Yeah, because I was like, "It's his whole body seems to change shape," and it, of, yes. of course, it did because they had um, at one point I think like eight to ten different actors playing the inside of him, like.
2: Right. If you pause this movie on Amazon, usually Amazon will tell you like every actor that's on screen, and there'll be like three A-list actors on screen, but Amazon will just give you the twenty-five people playing Howard the Duck at any <laughs> given moment.
1: That's really awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this movie is Howard the Duck, uh, which was was it like Marvel's first foray into this movie was the making? first
1: Marvel movie. This was the yeah. first Marvel movie in 1986, a George Lucas film uh, joint. I think it was also George Lucas's one of his very first things that he did post Star Wars
2: right that sounds right i mean yeah 86 i think what jedi's 84
1: yeah so, I think this was his main gig it was an extremely expensive project and it was i think the first thing that he did after the trilogy right.
2: well you have to pay all of the howard the ducks uh it's i i would say non-canonical in the mcu uh I think. Are uh, you aware
1: that they like include Howard the Duck cameos in a bunch of uh, Marvel movies? Though
2: he's in Guardians. He's in Guardians too.
1: He's also in uh, Avengers: Endgame. I saw. What? Yes, I don't remember the scene because I didn't. I'm sorry. What? Yes. I was looking at this article where they talk about how culturally referenced this movie is, because as bad as it was, it's also mega famous for being so bad. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Marvel kind of owns it now. And so they included him. You can see a version of Howard the Duck in this little freeze frame in a, in a scene of Avengers Endgame. like Just a background character, but he's definitely there.
2: Huh. Is it, uh, is it like a well-put-together... Howard the Duck, or is it the like grotesque homunculus that they put in this movie? It's uh,
1: it's not the exact one from this movie, but it is a it looks like a deflated, shrunken, skinny version, like a little scrawny okay. version of what happened to us.
2: Right, because it seems like in the Marvel comic books, never read any Howard the Duck, but I've seen the like covers. Yeah. It seems like. He's basically Daffy Duck, and they're just kind of trying to, like, get out of copyright infringement.
1: Yeah, he's got, Uh, like, a Donald Duck face, but with, like, a slightly different body. He's definitely... It was that style of animation where... I don't know. All all animators decided at the same time that all mice look the same, all ducks look the same. There's just one way to draw stuff across the board. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, the, the plot of this movie... Do we want to just go, like, top... Because there are so many moments in this movie, it might just be worth going it's, top to bottom.
1: It's worth it, especially because how how you get to the... The first five minutes, I would say, are, are worth exploring <laughs> to lead us yes. into it, because there's a lot yes. happening in that apartment.
2: Yeah, Duck World on its own. I'm not going to say it's worth a spin-off because nobody should spend more time in that, like, perverted... like. Uh, sort of childish pornography world that is duck world. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. I started making a list of, like, the good bu- duck puns and the bad duck puns because oh, they're nice. coming at you, like, so many a mile puns. a second. Yes. Uh, okay. So we start, and Howard the Duck, Howard T. Duck,
1: Howard T. Duck, whose middle
2: name appears to be The, mm-hmm. uh, comes home to his sort of shitty New York apartment yeah but like new new duck I don't I don't know what the name of the city is yeah uh, and he so he, what does he because do? there's like there's movie posters all over the wall of these jokes that are for nobody it's but like
1: yeah like bizarre world where everything is the same but it's with a duck so mm-hmm um, I'm trying to remember a good example. but
2: May Nest and W.C. Fowles. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is like, that is a joke for nobody. I know, it's a Mae West and W.C. Fields reference who are people that have been dead for like 50 years and they made this movie oh. ostensibly for children. I
1: kind of like that one. There's like a few things where you know that it was just the props department and art direction like making each other giggle. And then they spend yeah. they spend a few seconds letting you know that they spent all that time developing those baby jokes. But it's just like a yeah. half second on screen over and over again.
2: There's, there's some like Breeders of the Lost Ark, which is like a duck Indiana Jones.
1: Hmm.
2: Michelle, is Breeders a duck thing?
1: I don't think Breeders makes any sense. If it was a dog world, I would say absolutely. But <laughs> would you yeah. say... What breed of duck is that? Is that a mallard or a different breed? Or is it
2: a different <laughs> type of duck that there are?
1: That's insane. Uh and, reach. He also checks yeah. his um answering machine, and there's this oh. message from a a woman, duck woman, saying, I was having this dream last night. I was running my fingers through your feathers, and, well... Call me back, and I'll tell you what happened next. Like, the credits aren't even over, and it's deeply horny.
2: Yeah. Uh, we were talking before recording. It's important that people understand that this movie is rated PG for parental guidance. Yes,
1: it is. Yes, it is. It is,
2: it is just one step above children can watch this alone. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like, immediately following this very sultry voicemail, it's like almost explicitly sexual voicemail. Yeah, definitely. He immediately opens Play Duck magazine. Yes. And there are, there's like a, you know, a sort of anthropomorphic woman duck uh, with duck underwear and exposed duck breasts with human duck nipples.
1: Duck nipples, big time. And it's not the first <laughs> time that you, it's the, not. it is the first time, but it is not the last, not the last time, time that you see duck nipples within that minute of Screen yeah. time. <laughs>
2: you get a much more explicit duck nipple shot moments later moments as he later. crashes through the, a woman's wall, a duck woman who's taking a bath. Uh, they
1: really do prepare you for what you're in for. I'll give them that. They set the tone immediately because they give you horny uh, phone sex duck conversation. And then also he's flipping the channels. And he, I wouldn't say this is like sexual, but it's sexual adjacent. There's an ad for shorts blaster guaranteed (laughs) and it's like a a locker room product it's some kind of like thing that you're supposed to rub in your duck nether region it says guaranteed to wipe out feather fungus even in the most active crotches (laughs) and i have for the record in my adult life never heard the word active crotch active and crotch (laughs) next to each other before and it just tickled me (laughs) this is like two minutes in so we're off to the races
2: the uh, A thing I like about this movie, uh, and I think this is the most watchable movie that we have watched for this podcast. I had a lot of fun. Uh, is, unlike most of the scripts, where, like, nobody's putting in any effort, somebody's just, like, tripping over themselves and ink spills on the page and they just shoot that scene. Yeah. This feels like a writer's room just constantly one-upping each other with, like, no bad ideas and brainstorming duck jokes. Uh, and it was and just,
1: then, oh, sorry, go on.
2: No, and then the the fucking like jock itch jokes, which aren't duck related at all. They're just weird jokes. They're
1: just and they're kind of fun jokes. There are things in this movie that I had a good time listening to and watching. But what's really wild is that um, the two people that wrote this movie, uh, their names are Gloria Katz and Willard uh, Hike. They also did together. They are a, a husband and wife team, and they did American Graffiti together. They also wrote huh. Temple, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom together. Like a slew of other movies, but they were like an 80s writing team just turning out the hits.
2: Fascinating. Uh, Interesting. I mean, Temple of Doom is also the most like, what the fuck did he just say yeah. of the Indiana Jones movies? Very campy. Uh, yeah, so Howard is suddenly... Well, got you to, one other thing. The best duck joke in the movie is just you see over his shoulder uh, splash dance. Which is a flash dance parody oh. <laughs> uh, of a duck woman. A duck. Oh, who the fuck was the, the flash dance woman? Ooh, I forgot. Uh,
1: but I do. Ah, uh, it's,
2: it's one of them. Yeah. Uh, and exactly that, but covered in what? It was like, Splash Dance, it's not even really a duck joke. It's just a water joke. But it, like, that landed for me in a way that most of the other duck jokes don't in this movie.
1: There are some cute uh, ones. His apartment was like a treasure trove. I should have just, like, stopped and paused on all the little, like, Easter eggs. Someone spent some time.
2: Oh, for sure. And they're also all grotesque. Like, every picture of, like, Howard through his life, or maybe Howard's family, or it feels like maybe Howard's ex-wife, it's it's hard to tell exactly who they are, but they're all these, like, uh, uncanny valley, Ugh. but not animated. They're, like, an- fucking we- practical uncanny valley images of duck humans in different situations and the something about the bill Can
1: we talk about Always the bothered eyes?
2: me so deeply. Can we talk, talk about eyes are also the very bad
1: pink-rimmed bulging human eyes. They had so many <laughs> other options. They could have gone with cartoony Donald or Daffy the duck eyes. They could have done just like dots that are animated on a duck face. They chose to go with a human-shaped eye that's extremely large and bulbous and also rimmed in, like, this weird fleshy color that makes it look a little bit like a human eye is peering out through a <laughs> duck suit. And it's horrifying. And apparently every duck on Duck Planet has the watery, post-crying post, post crying fit human eyes that Howard I, was rocking. I Ugh. do
2: appreciate and respect that this movie made a bunch of A-list actors, like, spend time with those eyes. Like, make eye contact with those eyes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because this isn't like, one of those things where they got to CG it in later. This is a practical effects, animatronic, like, robot duck face looking right at you.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, Howard is... Anything else about his apartment? Because there, we could spend the entire hour there.
1: Right? Well, leading up to the moment that you're about to describe, he is... He opens Playduck, and he's looking titillated. And then the camera cuts to a shot of just a... Um, A table with some things on it and it starts to shake and vibrate and like clearly the implication is like and at least where my brain jumped to is like, oh, so we're doing a jerking off joke. That's just happening like straight out the gates. And then seconds later he is uh lasered out of his apartment because it turns out it was like some kind of seismic activity was happening. But it's definitely kind of like a little nudge nudge wink wink, eh? Things are moving around.
2: That did not read to me as duck masturbation, partly because that would be such feverish duck masturbation to move a table that's not next to him. I guarantee
1: uh, that was what they were going for, though, because he's got I a he's you. got a titty magazine out. It's happening. That's true.
2: That's true. He's <laughs> looking. He's actively looking at duck nipples. Uh, I. It is. It. I think it shows remarkable restraint. This movie didn't at any point get into duck penises, which are on their own. So grotesque and uh, and engrossing. I, could, I was thinking uh,
1: about that multiple times. Like, are they going to address the fact that I guess it's probably not common knowledge what a duck penis looks like. I happen to know that they're corkscrew shaped. That's something I know. They can like
2: choke themselves. You could choke a person with a duck penis from like a regular sized duck, and he's a three foot tall duck. So yeah. imagine the possibilities. Oh my
1: god. <sighs> uh
2: Carolina the City imagines them, I'm sure. So he gets pulled out of Duck, Bur- Duck World, yeah, uh, which is shaped like an egg, and I like that. Uh, yep. And he gets pulled through space. And the thing that feels the most marvely about this movie was his travel through space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he lands, he crash lands in what I definitely assumed was 1980s New York City because of all of the signals they're sending about the place of like punk. Crime, no. anger is graffiti bad. <laughs> nope, you're in Cleveland, Ohio. It is
1: Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> uh,
2: which I think they—I don't know how or why they would choose Cleveland of all places, uh, but yeah, he ends up in a on a uh, like a recliner in a tr- in an alley, and a bunch of punks grab him and use him to insult their way past a bouncer into a bar. Or like a, a venue. Yeah. Uh, the the bouncer interrupts them and says, I, I, I can tell this is Howard. That Howard is a, a child in a suit. No kids allowed. And then the bouncer proceeds to throw what he understands to be a human child <laughs> into a pile of trash.
1: Yeah. Okay. Everyone's reactions to Howard the Duck were random and baffling. Like right off the bat, Howard appears on this chair and he's sitting there in the alley. And the first thing is a couple of like punks walk up and say like, get a load of this guy, ha ha ha. And they just like chuck him at their friend. Like here, I got you a date. There's no moment where anyone feels the need to stop and address that it is a duck. And then later he ends up in the garbage and a homeless woman looks down and is screaming And it, I thought horrified, but then it turns out she just says something like, "Ah, you filthy degenerate! Like, still not addressing that he's a duck, just upset that he's in the trash. And then finally, like, I think we, it's gotta be, like, ten more minutes into the movie where we finally get an appropriate reaction and Leah Thompson can't believe he's a duck. And it's like, it took so long to get there.
2: And that that like dizzying array of reactions does not stop from the beginning of the movie to the end of the no. movie. You are getting huge curves of like a, a busload full of people will be terrified by him and then suddenly elated by him with like the same group of people in the same moment. Nobody knows how to respond to Howard. Yes. Uh, and Howard, uh, though we are told by every piece of text in the movie that he's like a good and heroic person one of the first things that you see howard do on screen once he's on the planet earth in the city cleveland in the state of ohio is like come across a woman and a man making out and he just rolls his hand up the woman's (laughs) thigh yeah
1: he does (laughs) uh well, he got all revved up thinking about those duck boobies, and
2: I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah,
1: the immediate reactions at like his way of immediately interacting with the world is mildly confused, but I would not say drastically confused. And he's just yeah, like, he's
2: he's relating to it very quickly. He
1: he he looks inconvenienced and and exhausted. Everyone yeah. else, everyone else is just a shotgun blast of possible. Ways that this movie could have gone, and then they chose all of them immediate acceptance, he's been through a lot. anger. Mm-hmm. Look, there's a duck. Oh my god, there's a duck. Or hey, get a load of this guy.
2: <laughs> right. Sometimes they believe he's animatronic, sometimes they believe that he is, in fact, a little person in a suit, mm-hmm. which he is. I guess there, are a lot of, it may well be, here's a possibility, that some of the people in the movie are just random strangers walking by the movie set and accurately <laughs> assessing what he is, because there are people that believe he's a puppet, and he is a puppet, and there are people that believe that he's a little person in the suit, and he is a little person <laughs> in the suit.
1: Yeah, there is no clear read on that, nobody got a lot of direction, just, there's Howard React.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Camera's already <laughs> rolling, just don't fuck this up for us.
2: Uh... So, early on, uh, it's, I don't know if it makes sense to talk about it now or talk about it throughout. But how are the duck's clothes are so fascinating to me? Yeah, uh, both in like his clothes that are uh, you know where the textiles are created on Duck World, mm-hmm. and the clothes that he gets on the planet Earth in the city of Cleveland in the state of Ohio. Yes, he one uh, he has pants that have a hole cut in the back of it for his tail,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which, why? Why not just make pants cover the tail? <laughs> I, it's a thing. It only inconveniences him it's, that it's his tail is...
1: of a- possibly the only cute thing about him, I will say. <laughs> That's fair. That's <laughs> it's fair. the only redeemable physical feature of Howard the Duck because everything else about him is pretty horrifying, and then there's duck butt, cute, fluffy duck butt. Hard to be too yeah. mad about that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Because even the feet, uh, the
1: feet are rough stuff. They're like leathery lizard oh, feet. The,
2: the feet are awful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like one the duck bill and duck feet, two of like the signature adorable things that a duck's got going. And they, they fuck those up. Yeah, right, they Robert. whiff it hard. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, he, so he, uh, he stumbles across, I guess he's like just chilling in the alley and then two gutter punks try to either rob or assault Caroline in the city mm-hmm. and uh, who is who has hair just the size of the state of Texas. That's her like, real hair. It is going hair. in all directions. Right, that's her real hair. I
1: like. I read something where she was sort of regretting later that she didn't request a wig because she had two hours per day of hair prep time, which I assume was just um, depleting the ozone with the amount of aquanite required to achieve that volume. Oh,
2: yeah, her and Dolly Parton just like tearing a hole in the yeah. ozone layer. Imagine spending two hours a day getting your hair done for Howard the Duck, so you can spend time almost fucking this animatronic, uh, <laughs> I don't know, horror show. Yeah. So he interrupts this attempted uh, mugging or assault uh, through the use of quack foo. Yes. Uh,
1: Mentioned multiple times. W-
2: one of my least favorite duck puns. Yeah, not a fan. Uh, it's it's just lazy. It's
1: just lazy enough. They could have come yeah. up with something that's more fun to say that has a better little flow to it.
2: Yeah, and and Caroline of the city is uh, she's she is briefly uh, flummoxed by the talking duck, yeah. although she also then adapts incredibly quickly Immediately. to having a talking horny urbane duck in her life. Yes. They like become within- instant best
1: friends. He's asleep in her apartment within the first 15 minutes of her meeting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while but he's asleep in her apartment, she goes through yes, his please. belongings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She opens up his wallet. She checks out that he's got um, many credit cards. There's duck money, which... The duck money made me laugh. It looked like a little kid tried to Photoshop a duck bill onto George Washington. It's just so shoddily done. But but what really steals the show is there's an unwrapped, tiny (laughs) duck condom just tucked in next to the dollar bills, and I kept thinking, like, we're within the realm of reason that she might pull it apart to see what it looks like and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's gonna happen but I wouldn't be shocked and I want to see what shape it is
2: what the, the thing that amazes me about the way that that scene is played uh the way that specifically Carolina the city plays that scene is that she um she's like oh you scamp Here. when she finds an unwrapped condom in his wallet
1: Couldn't it have been in a little package with like a duck pun condom name on it, like everything else in this movie, but they felt the need, like, nah, let them see it. Let (laughs) Let let them see see the lint collecting on this unwrapped tiny duck condom.
2: It is just unsafe, Howard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to work, dude.
2: (sighs) There are also little things, like, in the wallet... I thought uh, Mallard card was very good. Mm-hmm. Blooming ducks was pretty Blooming good.
1: Blooming Ducks
2: is cute. Uh, the, Howard's father has male pattern baldness, but still has feathers on his head. I really like. Uh, yeah. There's there's a you get a lot of of exposition in that wallet, uh, among other things that Howard just. Yeah. There's no sex ed in Duck World. You're not <laughs> supposed to keep unwrapped condoms anywhere. No, coward.
1: not not a good idea, my man. Yeah, and we're to we're uh, to believe that he's quite the ladies' man too. So he should be well versed. But he's a
2: rake. Uh, so. She then, at some point, wakes him up and takes him to Tim Robbins, who she knows because Tim Robbins is dating one of her bandmates. Oh, Carolina of the City's in a band. She's the lead singer yeah. of a band called the Cherry Bombs, which is, like, the most realistic name in this yeah. uh, movie. It is a thing like They actually sort of seem like a real thing mm-hmm. happening in largely a different movie. Uh, yeah. And periodically you're like, yeah, you sort of see what's going on with Cherry Bombs. Uh, yeah. And Tim Robbins comes to the door holding a formaldehyde jar that's half full. So it's, there's just like a, (laughs) I I paused it. And I tried to see what was (laughs) in the jar. And I imagine on the big screen, you could maybe tell, but it just sort of seems like he's got like a rotting melon, just like bobbing up and down in this jar of formaldehyde, which is just like not how he's, whatever he's preserving. It's just like, it's in a sensory deprivation tank. It's not being preserved. We're learning quickly. He's a bad scientist. Uh, we and boy
1: howdy. What type of science is happening in this building that he works at? Because I'm seeing the words aquarium, I'm seeing skeletons of, I believe, uh, possibly dinosaurs. And and I'm also to believe that there are people he works with who are conducting space experiments with laser spectroscopes. So is it just an all inclusive Cleveland science building?
2: hmm mm-hmm. I think that's what it is.
1: It's like a uh, rec center that has every type <laughs> of science. And it's just sort of like a, a sandbox philosophy, choose your own adventure.
2: There's sort of a scientist apartheid that happens in Cleveland where all the scientists have to stay together in one sort of <laughs> science ghetto. Uh, but yeah, in this, like, he's down the hall from, like, the New York Metropolitan Museum of Natural History
0: yeah.
2: and an aquarium he, at one point he breaks into, a into a room full of scientists who I think are having a meeting just like about a mastodon skull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just around a, an office table with a giant fucking mastodon skull in the middle of it. And he yells at them and then laughs maniacally and runs out. Yeah. Uh, and man, he is, he like, chewing the scenery is is very generous for the performance he's giving. He's, He's treating the scenery in this movie like Jabba the Hutt treats one of those wriggly Lobster Muppets. <laughs> like, he's just slobbering over the scenery. He is He is playing for, uh, it's like, yeah, it's Children's of Oddville. I don't know what he's doing. I know that you like it. I, I thought have mixed it was, feelings about uh, it was. Well,
1: I, I think it was just so against type and so confusing that seeing someone who normally plays in dramas and the occasional, like, dry, witty comedy is suddenly just... Whatever this was, it was. I wouldn't call it charming, but I did, call, I did think it was interesting. And I was. It's a choice. And I was on board with it because it was. It seemed to kind of fit the tone of this movie a bit. This movie is, this was supposed to originally be an all-animated movie. And then because of some contractual obligations, they had to make it live action. And I guess he never got the memo. He's like, you're animating over this, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He does have one very good... Uh, one very good bit in that scene where he does a Donald Duck impression to try to communicate with Howard. Loved it. And that
1: landed for me. I loved hard. it. I, that I love excellent. anyone doing a Donald Duck voice. It makes mm-hmm. me laugh 100% of the time.
2: Michelle, is there a chance that you could do a Donald Duck voice right now for this podcast?
1: I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> can you do a I Donald that was Duck voice? Solid. Yeah. Can I? Can you? Uh,
2: uh, Very
1: specific skill set. I only know one or two people that can pull this off. (laughs) Ooh, yours is better.
2: Was it? Because it it felt gremlin-y to me. Well, Uh, I
1: think I sounded like I was being strangled to death.
2: Well, I mean, that's how they got the Donald Duck voice in the first place. Uh, Every actor that's played Donald Duck is on the brink of death. Uh, That's why so many people have played him. Uh, There's a thing that occurred to me quickly in that scene that uh, Carolina, the city has found uh, a tiny Ohio State sweatshirt for Howard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she appears to, as a regular human sized single woman, have
1: Hmm. an
2: astonishing amount of duck sized clothing in her house.
1: I was confused about that because the next thing that happens after the science scene is... A confrontation with Leah Thompson, who which makes Donald, or Donald, which makes Howard want to go off on his own and get a job and, like, pave his own way in the world. And during that scene where he's at an interview, like a job interview, he's wearing this collection of clothing that's super insane, and he <laughs> says something to the effect of, I had to rob a kid's department store in order to get this outfit, and I didn't know if that was real or if it was just a line and she gave him all of those clothes. Because his yeah, his wardrobe in this movie is all over the map.
2: Is that the western snap shirt with the bolo and the camo yeah. pants? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that one is like plausibly explained. Although, were they selling a lot of bolo ties in children's clothing departments? I, I, I in know. Cleveland, Ohio, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and in that that scene has a lot happening in it uh, with the unemployment department. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. But this movie has I some mean, thoughts on unemployment and what the individuals working there seem to be like.
2: Yeah, I mean, very motivated and very dismissive of the people on unemployment. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the unemployment worker. There's issues with black stereotypes mm-hmm. and uh, and sort of. It's this movie's entire theory. It's very Reaganite. his entire theory about yeah. people, you know, with using public benefits. Yeah. The biggest problem with that scene is that Howard the Duck is about to bite this black woman on her ass cheek, yeah. like <laughs> with like, moments before. Uh, I don't even know what stops it exactly. Like he's he is. Momentum is so hard.
1: It's the only time he does that. You don't see him use his bill as a weapon at any other point in this movie that I'm aware of. There's just that one scene, and he sees a butt, and he goes for it.
2: You think that's uh, that's, a, a, uh, that's a bellicose move? That struck me as a continuation of horny. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was just like his general horny vibe. He kind of wants it all. I think it was like angry horny in that moment. It was horny motivated by anger.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, so, then, he, what happens between that and, uh, oh. him with, in the, uh, the club?
1: Okay, so. Oh, right. The oh, no. The scene. Oh, no. The right. scene.
2: Oh, no. Oh, God. Okay. I just remembered it. There's oh, a, no.
1: There's a scene, and I had, uh. I have not seen this movie. Jesse had seen part of this movie as a kid in theaters when he was nine years old and went with his grandpa. His grandpa took him to see it, and he doesn't remember the movie that well, but he goes, yeah, we went, and then there's this scene that happens at, like, a spa, and you don't see anything, but there's ladies in towels, and it made my grandpa so upset that we walked out of the theater, and I'm hearing this story like, eh, that's a bit old-fashioned for your grandpa, and then I saw the scene, and it is 100% warranted, because it's like underground sex, like, it seems like an illegal sex spa, like a spa orgy, that's just—he's the what? guy that's in charge of now cleaning up
2: semen. Uh, semen. We can say semen on the podcast.
1: He's the guy that wipes down the loads. Yeah. Uh.
2: So the only way I can describe this place is that it's a heterosexual gay bathhouse. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, there's swamp elements to it. Oh, there is. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, the thing that he pushes his boss into seems to be just a square pit of, like, of liquefied human feces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so rank. It's foul. The
1: lighting is only primary colors. Everything is wet. Everyone is moaning. Everyone's doing something beneath the water or whatever liquid fills that particular tub that they're in and shit is going down That's and coming me. up yep
2: the bras and panties
1: everywhere and these people are everywhere. like
2: so deep into what and who they are doing that they don't stop having hot tub sex no. when a man duck gets thrown into their hot tub next to them yep like
1: almost lands on them and they almost lands on as them as you were carry on
2: don't skip a beat. It's incredible. That
1: scene is really short. Like it didn't really have, it wasn't, I thought we were about to watch a montage of all the bad jobs that he gets before he finally goes back to living at Leah Thompson's apartment. It's just that one scene. It's just like a minute long. It's just a little montage of all the disgusting things happening in this like, yeah, hetero gay bathhouse and like slash uh, grotto. And then, yeah. and then that's it. And then we're out. He quits his job, and we're back on the streets.
2: And then he goes to uh, to see the cherry dream. bombs. What's that?
1: It was like a fever dream.
2: Yeah, it's it is a low point for most movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a set of unacceptable decisions. Oh. Uh, he, yeah, so he he then gets fed up with that. Uh, goes to. Uh, that is, then he goes back to see the cherry bombs, right? He goes to the club again.
1: Yes, and yeah, and then that's when he encounters uh, what's her face. What's her name? This is Beverly. Beverly is Leah Thompson's character.
2: You, right? Yeah. Uh, who I've been calling Caroline the city because you know, it's just it's how I know I her. I like Caroline, uh,
1: yeah, Marty. Uh, yeah, but Leah, mom. Th-
2: Leah Thompson is the right. Uh, the, we need to talk about her career arc in a moment, <laughs> but there are a couple things that happen first. So, Howard, there th- the the scene where Howard like kicks the shit out of like seven different people, several of whom are major character actors from that period of time. Yeah,
1: uh, they seem to. But be. it
2: starts, yeah, it starts with him lighting a match off of his bill,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: I think is the most badass move. It,
1: I liked. It turned it. me
2: around on Howard. I liked it. Really. I like that yeah. he was
1: he. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought that his character was gonna be like a detective, or like he had some kind of job when he was back on Duck Planet that made him a bit of a badass. But he was an advertising executive, or something, or like a, a copywriter. Copywriter. Yeah, that's what it was. He was just an ad guy, and uh, but when he's in human world, he gets to just like have this badass alter ego that's lighting matches on his bill and getting in basically a knife fight with a full grown six foot tall man.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: a lot of murders but, almost happened in that scene. Yeah.
2: Multiple ice, multiple ice picks yes. used in this bar fight. Yes.
1: You know how you always have a lot of ice picks on hand when you're bartending?
2: Yeah. At As a grunge do. bar? Yep. At a fucking punk bar in New York City-ass Cleveland,
1: Ohio? At the type uh, of bar where you keep the musical act behind a giant uh, wall-to-ceiling chain-link fence. Is that you also so- have
2: grabbable stabbing. You want to have grabbable ice hand. picks
1: out there for easy use.
2: Yeah, he. So he, uh, he tells these guys that he's going to bite them with space rabies, uh, and one of them says that they heard about space rabies on the news, and that freaks them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, he's almost. It's one of several times that many people are gleefully about to immolate him.
1: Yeah, Uh, a crowd of people are about to cut him to bits. They slide him across the entire length of the bar, which I will say, I always enjoy that in a movie.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good move. (laughs) Uh, Then he runs back across the bar, beats them all up with his quack-foo, uses one of the ice picks to... Is it jam it through the earring yeah. of one of the guys, he
1: pins one of the guys to the bar by jamming it through his earring, and then. But it's a good thing he did because that guy almost stabs Howard the Duck in the head. Like it's yeah. a PG-rated movie, and you're almost watching a bar fight end in a murder. There are no bouncers at this bar. This bar needs to have a roadhouse bouncer. Where is Swayze?
2: There is a bouncer. It's a bouncer that knowingly throws children into garbage
1: oh yeah he's that guy he's outside he's got kids to throw into garbage
2: yeah uh so he beats them up he gets caroline the, he gets you know leah thompson's uh uh band. i like caroline
1: in the city let's go with caroline, caroline in the city, and the city. <laughs> uh
2: he gets caroline in the city's band released from their like slave contract that they have <laughs> They're like with indentured their manager.
1: servants to this low-life producer in cleveland ohio who apparently owns their act till the end of right
2: time. he she, he announces to the band i got you out of your contract with your manager she's like that's not how any of that like it was clearly no a verbal that that
1: contract because the guy just says okay
2: right <laughs> there's nothing legal about it what
1: did it need to take um and i guess he owed them money he needed them. He, yeah. He told him to cough up the cash, so he he gets them paid.
2: So yeah. So he goes back to Carolina City's apartment. He, like, gets into this like sultry, uh, smoking jacket, like duck smoking jacket and duck pajamas, mm-hmm. which I, I guess he stole a smoking jacket from the kids section at like J C
1: I didn't think about that. Yeah, there are really weird size specific things that she should not have in her apartment if she's. I don't, I mean, I don't know.
2: I mean, yeah, unless the, all of the, uh, all the implications that she gives about not having uh, had romantic relations with a duck before, uh, maybe is a lie. I mean, maybe he's (laughs) not the first duck to spend the night (laughs) in her house.
1: She definitely doesn't seem opposed to it. She jumps onto that idea really quickly.
2: She does not. She's in, She's very into she's it.
1: She's pursuing him. I yeah, mean, he's, well, he suggests, he throws it out there. She's in her underwear. They're laying in bed next to each other. And he does walk his fingers up her arm and say something about exploring a, another option when she says like, that she hasn't. Did she say she hasn't been with a man in a while or that she can't find oh, a good man? Oh, she hasn't found
2: a good man, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's it's not that explicit, but it's pretty fucking explicit. <laughs> this movie's PG. It's and like PG. they walk right up to the line of these this human woman and this duck monster having sexual relations.
1: 80s were a different time, I am realizing.
2: Yeah. It's and the pivot that it takes. Like the beginning of it, he is totally the assertive one. He's making the moves. He's like he is coming on Heart. He's yeah. a duck in heat. And then the moment that she's like, Oh yeah, let's duck fuck, he's he goes in the complete other direction. Yeah, he
1: hides under the covers. It's like they realized mid scene that there is no other way to get out of it. Because he's yeah, he's hiding under the covers. She he's talking about where do we go from here? Do we get married? We have a house in the suburbs and kids. <laughs> Are, right. are you afraid of the commitment aspect of this? <laughs> is that where you're coming right. from? Right.
2: Howard will do a one-night stand across species. Howard will not he will be not. pinned down.
1: He is a gentleman. Uh, no, so, he's not.
2: All, all right. Let's just talk about Leah Thompson's relationship to inappropriate sexual situations in the 1980s in cinema. Yeah. Because this one <laughs> actress comes on to... Her human son, and a three foot tall <laughs> duck monster, within years of each other. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, Why? Man. Why would
1: you make this actress do this thing? It's, yeah, Leah Thompson, blink twice if this isn't your idea and you have no control. How is that your type? If your new typecast is anything. <laughs> oh yeah, those movies were so close together though. <sighs> um, it's, it's Yeah, she's so very down. She's very down, and oh, they, there's, like, in the middle of this possible duck human sex scene, you, like, cut away to a silhouette, like they're behind a screen of some sort, and then it's a silhouette, like, take-my-breath-away Top Gun style, of her hovering over him and kissing him on his duck lips, and at that exact moment, uh, Tim Robbins and two of his scientist cronies uh, from the scientist playground that they all hang out in mm-hmm. every single day the ghetto, the science ghetto. <laughs> there's the physics guy there's the dinosaur guy there's the scientist janitor which is definitely tim robbins and they mm-hmm. all bust into the apartment and interrupt what seems like was about to be some uh, some quactacular fornication
2: yeah
1: because he just has the keys to her apartment and bursts right in
2: yeah it maybe the apartment doesn't have keys. It doesn't seem like a place that would have keys, or even really a door. I guess uh,
1: yeah, I forget why he says that he did that, but
2: yeah. Uh, oh, she's, he said they left the door open. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, one of the uh, scientists is Ed Rooney from the uh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and uh, it. I was I was real nervous when he entered the scene that he was going... They were going to try to make him into a protagonist in this movie mm-hmm. because he seems real helpful from the start. And I am simply, as a viewer, not prepared to root for Ed Rooney. And
1: Yeah, that I, face does not... I mean yeah you just you can't get on team Jeffrey Jones that's not team
2: fucking ginger rat face yeah. like you can't you can't
1: you can't you can't in movies you definitely can't in real life but you can't in movies because that man has just the the, the most like perverted creepy villain face so it's and like he's rough on the eyes on a good day but they <laughs> really explore the space when it comes to exploiting that man's unfortunate features yeah, Later they they roughed him up
2: good. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. I yeah, that's a high point of the movie for me. Uh, just the physical transformation they put on him. So, uh, they take Howard. They say like Howard, we can get you back. We figure out that there's a lasers. We, we opened up a rift in the galaxy, yeah. and it happened to connect to Duck World. Uh, we can get you back. So come down to the uh, come down to the science ghetto, and we'll just I'll just get it. You know, moving for you. Come, to, Ed Rooney's gonna take care of you. But come down, we'll, we'll send you back. And you know, he's sort of sad that he's gonna have to leave the the human woman that he wanted to fuck. And and then there's an explosion at the science ghetto, and Ed Rooney is blown uh, into a hiding place basically. And at some point, comes out and is like, "I don't feel good." They're like, "Okay, great, let's go to a diner." Uh, and as they're going to the diner. Ed Rooney starts talking about that his organs are transforming inside his body. Yeah. And Howard makes a, a real unfortunate sex change joke. And then... Oh,
1: I didn't even catch that. There, this was the part of the movie where I was a lot less checked in and a lot more <laughs> checked out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot of car chase. There's a lot of, like, random action explosion stuff. And so I was I was not present for that joke.
2: Yeah. There's, there's a series of... Yeah. There's probably about, like, 20 minutes this movie that you just don't need. There's a whole <laughs> there's a whole section where Ed Rooney, uh, who has been... What's his actual name? Jeffrey...
1: His name's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. I always think Jeffrey of him as Principal Rooney, though.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, Ed Rooney is... Uh, he's, like, telling uh, Caroline of the City and Howard that he's changing from the inside and that he is now a different person and he's got a different speaking voice. And this this fucking intergalactic duck and this woman who's has a pseudo sexual relationship with this intergalactic duck are so cynical about the potential of Ed Rooney to be an alien person. Like they take a lot of heavy convincing that
1: so much convincing to the point where he has to be covered in laser beams for them to finally realize that he's transformed.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's some so they're in this diner, which is a Cajun sushi diner. It's,
1: yes, yeah, it's a Cajun sushi diner. It's called, uh, but it's still
2: very much a diner. Like there's a diner waitress dressed for a diner.
1: Uh, yeah, the only thing sushi about it is that there is like one Japanese man wielding a butcher knife during the we're gonna possibly kill Howard scene, and everybody's wearing like a headband. That's it. Right. Other than that, it's but they... steak and eggs. <laughs>
2: Right, yeah, the special <laughs> is definitely steak and eggs. Yeah. And and Howard freaks out about the eggs. He's served eggs on a plate, and he really cannot handle it. Meanwhile, there are a dozen roast ducks hanging, hanging like ac- hanging across the fucking room from him. Yeah. He's not bothered by the corpses, corpses of his people just hanging. He's bothered by the chicken, chicken. eggs being served to
0: mm-hmm.
2: him. Uh, and then, like for reasons that sort of defy explanation happen very quickly this crowd of hicks try to murder howard with a cleaver mm-hmm. and and he's saved by ed rooney who is transformed into this like rotting corpustular uh <laughs> like laser demon yeah. who burns the place down and the chef that tries to kill howard does isn't even involved in the effort like there's there's an altercation with hicks and howard yeah uh
1: it's that, like a group of guys in, like, mesh hats and, put, well, like, camo that roll in and random aggression, blah, 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 kind of dialogue that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden the entire diner mobilizes to try to murder Howard all at once.
2: Yeah, yeah. Including people that have had no interaction with this yeah, duck man. People from across the uh, room
1: are on fucking board.
2: On it. Yeah, The <laughs> what this movie has to say about, like, groupthink is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then Howard sort of gets out of it because uh, Ed Rooney, like, haphazardly saves him. And, and then the one of the hicks that's trying to orchestrate the murder of Howard uh, grabs a cleaver and tries to take it at Ed Rooney, who, like, zaps the cleaver out of his hands or some shit. Yeah. And then the hick pulls a gun on Ed Rooney, which the only thing I had to think of was, like, why would you move to Cleaver if you're carrying a firearm?
1: You had a gun. You had a gun. The whole time you had gun. You right. had gun and You're not just duck. bringing a duck knife to a
2: gunfight. Gun you're not just bringing a literal knife to a yeah. literal gunfight. You're bringing it with a gun in your pocket.
1: I know and it's really funny because earlier in the movie they allude to duck hunting as being a big problem like the movie forgets that it's Cleveland and then it'll randomly remember that it's Cleveland it'll be like yes. we're we're in like basically New York City and like gutter punks and everything's dangerous and all that and then randomly like oh look and there's a lifted truck going down the street while a commercial for duck hunting is happening in the store window I'm like interesting interesting vibe yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's pretty well established that it is duck season, and it is time to shoot them with guns. But you know, when you got a cleaver, I guess.
2: I guess you want to uh, really
1: draw out the duck murder. Is the vibe yeah. I'm getting from that crab?
2: I mean, it seems like they enjoy. It. You want to savor it. Yeah. Uh, and then and there's this like terrifying fight with a demon, and Howard goes out of his way to grope Caroline of the City on the ass. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the demon kidnaps Caroline of the City, whose last interaction with Howard is assault. Uh, and then uh, you see, and this is the true lowest point of the movie for me, Ed Rooney is feeling uh, tired, and he says he needs fuel or something, or mm-hmm. needs power. And this, like, tendrilous, r- like, rope charger that tongue. It's ex- like, 12-foot tongue extends from his body and plugs into the cigarette lighter. Uh, and it is if fucking you, body horror. It's if you could awful. call it a
1: tongue, that was the most, it's like somewhere between, like, a phallus and a tentacle, and it's, like, six feet long, and it erupts out of his throat and plugs into the truck. I can't unsee that. And it has yeah. that, ew, it has that 80s quality where everything looks meaty and wet.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, uh, like, off-brand Beetlejuice, kind yeah, of. yes, yeah. Yeah, it's, were they, like, Seems like it was maybe claymation that they just, like, claymated somehow over the Ed Rooney, I actually don't know how they did it. That's really impressive.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, lot about this movie I read later, like that in terms of like special effects for that time were actually kind of advanced, like ways that they were able to do. Because there's a lot of practical effects, like when they pull Howard the Duck out of his out of his duck world and through mm-hmm. like the wormhole into the other dimension, it's like a real guy on wires who gets sucked out through a building. that and then later they had to cover the wires, and they figured out how to do it with like primitive cg which it didn't really exist at that time so there's stuff about it that for george lucas he really like bit the big one with this movie but he did implement some stuff i think that the 38 million dollars went somewhere you know a technical
2: masterpiece did some Uh, stuff
1: it tried some things i kind of like the cheesy special effects i liked all the lasers and i liked all the explosions and i liked all the i always like when i see showers of sparks happening everywhere for absolutely no reason
2: very satisfying (laughs) yeah uh so Howard's at the the diner, which is now a crime scene, and they've, I guess, arrested Tim Robbins and taken him to the to the new crime scene just yeah. in the back of the car, which has an open window in the front. Yeah, uh, he
1: just crawls right out. He just crawls
2: through the window, and they and Howard and uh, and Tim Robbins escape in like a weird, it's like plane.
1: I, it's like a I, if a hang glider had a motor, had a motor. attached. Yeah. I'm sure that has a name. I don't know what it's called.
2: Yeah. He, and Howard is like very vocally anti-flight, like religiously anti-flight. And Tim Robbins makes him fly the plane, which I think is very funny and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like, tap
1: into your early, like, uh, like you evolved from a duck. You just evolved to be Howard duck human form. Tap into like your Neanderthal duck roots or something. It was.
2: Yeah. Just like borderline racist. Um uh, <laughs> and uh so they they like kind of fly off and there's a car chase and there's a moment in the car chase that i want to talk about and ask ask questions Mm, about okay all right so they're 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 like sort of car chase through the middle of some i guess some other like small townish neighborhood of cleveland yeah uh and the car and the like the motorized hang glider Takes off and goes over the lake where Howard is about to terrorize uh, duck hunters,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the cop car uh, moving after them runs is uh, just like going hard, goes off the uh, you know off the cliff off the bank.
0: Yeah.
2: But first, it goes through a like street fair booth, and Michelle, I went back and watched this three times to confirm <laughs> that street fair booth is for a mortuary what (laughs) yes
0: what are you talking
1: about
2: (laughs) it's the like it says mortuary on the back of the booth there's a person there selling plots at a at a street fair i guess
1: is the implication that the cops are dead and that's and now this is going to be a useful service
2: Maybe. Is that the somebody, joke? Who's the joke? But like for duck season, because all the hunters are there for duck season, Some, but the, mor- the fucking mortuary just busted out their event booth <laughs> to advertise services to hunters, maybe in case of hunting accidents. Like, I don't know what it's there for. I've you never know, seen that in real life.
1: There's stuff in this movie like that, that if this was a different kind of movie that seemed more like all over the place quirky... And soup, like, a very random, weird joke that is that is funny and weird, but it also seems like not for this movie.
2: Yeah, it's also...
1: Because this movie's so ham-fisted with all of its, like, duck pun, and, like, it's always got to be duck-oriented, and then there's just weird shit like that where it's... Do I just not get it?
2: it well, it's also... It's on screen... For, for like a, a half second, right? <laughs> I just thought choice. that I caught it and I rewound it twice. So in the theater, you would not see it. It wasn't for anybody. <laughs> Who it, it for?
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, the art department. No one said no. No one said no to anything. No one said no.
2: No bad ideas in Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, so Ed Rooney... Uh, who's like slowly and in a very satisfying way sort of transforming into this like combination of miniature Godzilla and Albert Einstein has stolen uh, Caroline of the City because he very explicitly says that they need a human body to like come into Mm -hmm. uh, to make it down uh, onto the planet.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh Oh, I guess to even like live on planet Earth because something about the atmosphere like he's he's sort of technical about it
1: yeah he's, uh, he's the overlord he wants to bring more overlords I think is what he says yeah Adi- additional or yeah. supplementary overlords
2: from a demon planet mm-hmm. uh, and he so he takes Caroline the city to uh, to the the science ghetto and Tim Robbins and Howard just like barely make it to the science ghetto and there's like a laser fight between Howard and the dark Overlord and Howard wins yeah. uh, like kill uh, you know, kill, knocks Ed Rooney knocks the Dark Overlord out of Ed Rooney
0: yep
2: and uh, and then all of a sudden the whole thing that he had explained for why he kidnapped Caroline of the City about how they need yeah. a human form to manifest is just out the window yeah it doesn't like, matter he's 12 just 12 minutes a, later an
1: extant alien at that point yeah he's
2: just this giant grotesque he's like, like
1: Demogorgon black ass alien with like a Scorpion stinger and many tentacle arms, and that thing just exists on its own. That thing was inside Principal Rooney, and now it is outside as its own thing. And Principal Rooney is alive and well. Yeah, he and other ones are coming dead. down.
2: Like he, I guess he just he just lied to Caroline the city because he just like wanted to strap her to a rotating table. uh And at one point, uh Howard tells the demon overlord, "Prepare to eat beak." And oh. I don't know what it means, Michelle. Oh,
1: I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's... Is it kisses? <laughs> 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 the only possible thing I could imagine. The only way you threaten someone else. You, uh. He's threatening someone else's mouth with his mouth. It's a terrible kiss. Maybe it's like a Dementor's kiss.
2: Maybe it's the kiss. <laughs> Maybe it, duck, duck <laughs> kisses are the, the real kiss of death. Uh,
1: what the hell? So
2: they, you know, they defeat Principal Rooney, uh, and they blow up the, the, the laser, and they send the other dark overlords back into space, and Howard has decided to sacrifice his return to Duck World, and he's just going to stay on Earth and become the manager for Caroline the City's Band. Yes. Uh, and, and suddenly she's like a famous rock star. Like they saved the world, and she is she is like selling out the Apollo. She is mm-hmm. huge, uh, and Tim Robbins has changed his career from scientist to assistant stage manager, <laughs> and and Howard manages the band, but also plays in the band and plays Purple Haze and knows about Purple Haze, even though he's from a different planet. Yep, and they said on the
1: guitar with his duck fingers. He did not. With his four they did not give him wings in any way, shape, or form.
2: No, no. Uh, and they, they sing a song about Howard the Duck to yeah, close out this movie uh, that really it, it removes any question as to whether or not Caroline of the City and Howard are fucking by the end of this movie. Uh,
1: yeah, there's a lot of tension there. And the last shot of the movie is her, like, what, giving him a gentle embrace or like a little gentle kiss and then it fades to black?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think
1: we're to understand that they are together now.
2: Well... Yes, because the lyrics of this, of this song Oh, hit me. Include the following words. <laughs> uh, he's, got, he's got the juice, which you could go either way. Sure. Uh, call him Howard the Duck. Ain't no way to conceal it. With a feather's touch, I love him apart. Uh, call him Howard the Duck. If it ain't funk, you don't feel it. Uh, and he shot an arrow straight to my heart. Okay, huh. Uh, sus, sus. Here before your very eyes, he's gonna be, he's gonna be here with you. Uh, let's see. Howard the Duck, no way to contain him. In a second, he would love you apart.
1: Whoa. Howard the
2: Duck, no way to explain him. The fellow with the beak has stole my heart.
1: Okay, they're fucking.
2: Hickory dickory duck, he ain't about to be plucked. Uh... He's, oof, God, he's a funky little feather bearing waterfowl, quack right in the face, oof, little ducks in the human race, come into my tub of love.
1: No, wait, (laughs) say that last part again.
2: (laughs) Uh, Quack right in their face, ooh! little ducks in the human race, come into my tub of love. Tub? Tub.
1: (laughs) A tub of love?
2: A tub of love.
1: I mean, that's where he worked prior to managing this band. Is definitely the at tub? the love tub. <laughs>
2: that's that is fair.
1: That is fair. Oh, that is so crazy. They could have written any lyrics to that song. It could have basically just been sounds and gobbledygook. No one was. I I was not listening. I had definitely not paid attention. But it, they went with that choice, which is yes. a nice little. Uh, it's a little, little ellipses.
2: It is. It is. Uh, sense, uh, so. <clears throat> I just think it it takes away any ambiguity, which I appreciate. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, they're definitely they're they an established they're, sexually active couple. Yeah, they're <laughs> this
2: Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck are sex partners at the end of this movie. Uh, <laughs> and he'll love you apart.
1: Man, that is probably true considering the penis to body ratio that many that all ducks have. So Oh boy. Just straight anatomy. Michelle Oh no.
2: Do you do you want plot keywords for this movie? Because there are 132 and they are brutal.
1: Um, yep, yep, I do. I want them right now. Okay. Yep. Okay. Take a breath.
2: Plot (laughs) keyword number one of this movie. Red panties.
0: No! Eighteen of eighteen found this
2: relevant. Micro skirt, sexy legs, interrupted sex. Panties, short skirt with heels. I'm just walking, I'm, I'm going from the top of the list here. Pretty no. legs, white panties, miniskirt, sexually oh liberated, pink panties, leg, girl band, interspecies sex, condom, woman wears a short <laughs> skirt, lust, sentient duck, scantily clad female, girl wears a miniskirt, duck, Ugh. flirting, seduction, <laughs> quitting a job, female band, 1980s. Anthropomorphism. Micro miniskirt. Unlikely friendship.
1: Um, Animal now... character
2: name is title.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Howard the duck character is one of the plot keywords for this. I don't know. Uh, I mean, woman wears sure. a
1: nightgown? So it bothers me that 18 out of 18. Not only remembered red panties in this movie, which I do not remember, but also remembered them so much that they all voted, and then it went to the top of the list.
2: Yeah, my God, the number of plot keywords in this that are woman wears and either skirt, mini skirt, or panties—it's like it's like dozens, Michelle.
1: Oh. Cool. Who is the audience? I don't like this at all. I legs. don't like this at all. Legs
2: to die for <laughs> Scientist. Crooked Manager. Glamrock.
1: <laughs> Scientist wink wink.
2: Uh, alien this possession, is... talking duck, anthropomorphic duck, evil alien, misanthrope.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Who's the misanthrope in this movie? Oh no. Yeah. Uh, massage Parlor. Which is not featured in this movie.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a real generous way of describing what was happening at that, at that part. You can't say parlor; it's just a vat of orgy juice.
2: Right. Ooh, Lovecraftian is one of these, which is that that fits. That, that one's fits.
1: Not, not off-brand. Yeah.
2: Daffy Duck character. Huh. Maybe it's, as in like the this duck character is Daffy. I suppose.
1: Someone was confused about what movie they just saw. <laughs> Yeah, and I I would hope horrified, but
2: bird in title is one of the plot keywords for this
1: <laughs> for the bird enthusiasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not here for the short skirts and panties.
2: Fish out of water, which is accurate but also feels like you've missed the metaphor a little bit.
1: Mhm, mhm. <sighs> plot keywords. How many were there?
2: 132.
1: 132.
2: Yes. And let's see just how many of them have skirt in them.
1: Ooh. 12. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot because they're first. It's just a lot in a row.
2: Woman Wears is, uh, there's six. I like that Sexually Liberated is one of them, and six of seven found this relevant.
1: Hmm. Yeah. One of those seven felt that this movie was not open-minded enough. (laughs) (laughs) I frankly don't think they explored that relationship fully enough for right. my taste. Yeah, I know they, what I came to the movies for. I know what I came to this movie for.
2: They they curve a little too quickly, you know. Uh, oh, yowza. Yauza. Uh, this I do want to see. See, please go. I'm gonna look up uh, the parental guidance. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> just, but what were you we about to say?
1: Oh, um, so this movie was made on $37 million and its box office reception was $5 million. It's a pretty big bummer. Oof. But somehow it did recoup all its losses. The gross cumulative, which I have to imagine is just, like, all of DVD sales since 1986, <laughs> made all of its money back eventually. So it's a, it's a net zero now.
2: Right. It's, like, it's actually a cult classic. Right? I think it's the first of the ones that we've watched that is, like, sort of... A certified cult classic.
1: It's terrible, but it's beloved. There is apparently a screening at the Egyptian, um, like the historic Egyptian theater that Car- that uh, Caroline in the City went to in 2017. And it was kind of, mm. it was like some film festival and like cult classic-y thing. And she showed up to it and said that it was like a better crowd than even the actual film premiere. So... I know that the actor, a lot of people have kind of embraced its cult status, and apparently there's a movie called A Look Back at Howard the Duck that came out in 2009, and all leading actors appear in it. So, Wow. I think, I think it's been long enough, and it was famous enough, and bad in a good way for enough people that everyone can kind of, like, claim their shitty movie fame.
2: Yeah, I think I would be proud to be in this movie.
1: I would I would enjoy telling people I was in it. It has achieved a status, and it's like a high-budget enough, completely batshit crazy enough movie that it would be an interesting thing for people to know about me, like, that I was in this. Yeah. Proud.
2: You should just tell people that you were, even though you were un- you yeah, year unborn. Uh, <laughs> so the contrast between the plot keywords and the parental guide on IMDb is shocking. <laughs> Like, the parental guide definitely treats this as a PG movie. Uh, With, like, it mentions gun violence, including references to shoot to kill or dead or alive. Few shots are fired. Duck hunters and hunting are shown. Uh, Sex and nudity, they don't even mention. Uh, Profanity, a couple of uses of hell, damn, damn it, piss off. Oh my God are used a couple of times. They mention oh my God,
1: but they don't mention duck nipples?
2: They don't mention duck nipples. Nowhere to be found on here. The... The fucking the first plot keywords are woman in uh, red panties and woman in panties and woman in miniskirt (laughs) and sexually liberated and the fucking parental guidelines are like this is a great movie for
1: kids. (laughs) Except there's a reference to duck hunting on a television in a store window.
2: Beer is consumed socially, and a duck smokes a cigar on occasion. That
1: oh man, beware kids. So much beer is consumed socially, and a specific brand of beer. I don't know how much money they got from Budweiser, but it is so prominently featured. Every single fridge contains bottles with the labels turned all the way out. There's, like, big neon signs at the diner. This is borderline a Budweiser commercial.
2: Which might be a way to recoup a lot of that money.
1: Yeah, I think he's offered a Budweiser three times during this movie. Right, including on a different planet. Yeah, his planet, alien planet at her apartment, also at the diner. Also neon sign at the diner. They got... They got some sweet sweet bud money. That's how they paid for the lasers. That's how they paid for the throat penis.
2: Oh God, I, that it's like the only part of this movie that I would gladly unwatch.
1: So something funny about this movie. it's really it, like it's a cult classic and it's funny now, but it was like a disastrous total train wreck when it came out. Yeah. You, this is an alleged story. Universal execs. Sid Sheinberg and Frank Price apparently got into an argument uh, trying to shove the blame on who greenlit this monstrosity <laughs> onto the other one that ended in a fist fight. What? And subsequently like really soon, I think that same year following this movie's release, Frank Price, the head of Universal Pictures quit his job. Wow. <laughs> like scorched earth. I wanna know a lot more about that and I'm super interested. I would be kinda of down to watch this documentary at some point because it sounds like it actually genuinely wrecked a couple careers back in its day. Um it's such a
2: bummer. This movie oh this movie slaps.
1: So bad. It got... Oh, it swept the Razzies the year it came out. I didn't even know the Razzies existed back then. Too, yeah, that's early. It got worst picture, worst screenplay, worse special effects, which I feel like is a little harsh. It was doing yeah. what it could for 1986, yeah. but also it got nominated for worst movie of the entire decade.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Um. Here's something. Two people that auditioned for the voice of Howard the Duck were John Cusack and, Howard, er, and Martin Short. Huh. It's just... John Cusack. I mean, Martin Short, I can see because he's like character actor. Yeah, like, and he's cartoony guy, intolerable. John, John Cusack, huh?
2: Yeah. Was
1: Everyone that, just wanted to be a part of it because it was George Lucas, and then would, a lot of people dodged a bullet.
2: Would that have been after Say, Every, say Anything?
1: I don't know. I think so. Right. Yeah.
2: Because uh, this movie is more of like a Say Everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This movie also had a spin off video game.
1: What really? How oh. are the
2: duck adventure on Volcano Island? Huh? Uh, it, the game is set after the events of the movie, so like they, I, that must be like you're. You think you got a hit on your hands, so you commission a video game. Yeah. Beforehand, right?
1: I wonder. I don't know how it worked back then, but if Lucas Studios had its own video game, if, like, uh, like studio at that point, or if it was. They had to, like, shop that out. I bet it was, like, a separate studio. I doubt they had been fully established like that yet. Huh. Weird. Probably not. The amount of money, man. The amount of money people used to just, and continue to spend on just crazy, terrible things, is, it's my favorite kind of bad movie. Just the high-stakes, high-budget, high-profile disaster. Yeah. So, so many people worked so, so hard on this. (laughs) And it's quite the film i had a lot of fun though
2: yeah this i mean this is this is a one of the top movies we've watched for me
1: yeah uh, i would kind of recommend it just just to like understand what it's all about there's like a full 40 minutes of just like car chases and different types of chases and special effects at the end that i could have seen condensed down to like 15 minutes
2: yeah yeah but I other mean, than that don't go in expecting any of it to be good Uh, Mm -hmm. And definitely don't go in expecting to not be grossed out by the main character constantly. But when you accept those things and really embrace them, it's a fun fucking movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just have to look past the fact that Howard the Duck's bill is able to wiggle around like it's made of rubber.
2: (laughs) Because presumably it is. Uh, I, Michelle has this Has this podcast warped our sense of movie because i I genuinely I think this is kind of a good movie. Uh, I'm
1: broken i i'm I think I'm so broken at this point because I couldn't find the things that I was reading about it, where people hated on it really hard. I have to imagine were just outdated. like they that the movie came out, and when people saw it, they had a reaction. But then I have to imagine most of these terrible reviews are people looking back in retrospect and comparing it to things that exist now. Because it's really just not that bad.
2: It's not that bad. It's not that bad no. a movie.
1: It's like, cheesy it's, special effects. It's like a really kind of um, almost generic plot once you get past the initial first like 10 minutes. Yeah, enough. I mean,
2: yes. If what, if you have a true aversion to duck human sexual relations, <laughs> yeah. then I can see you having a real problem with this movie. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have that opinion. It is a valid opinion. Yeah. But if you get past that, God, it's a fun movie.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I think that Howard really evolved by the end because it seems like he probably accepted that he was going to live on planet Earth forever and he was ready to settle down and get that house in the suburbs with Caroline in the city. Yeah, I think that's where that's a possible sequel. <laughs> what if they made a sequel now? Uh,
2: there, so I learned a thing about this. Uh, so Marvel no longer has the rights to Howard the Duck exactly. Like, Whoa. canonically, the same person that wrote Howard, like, they do and they don't. Like, canonically, Howard the Duck, uh, in Marvel is no longer Howard the Duck, he's like a uh, a like a a swapped a body swap Howard the Duck and the actual Howard the Duck is in a different set of comic books owned by a different IP, huh. existing under a different name, but is like canonically Howard the Duck.
1: Interesting. So they just appropriated like the the core idea of there being a duck that had some kind of alien aspect, and then everything from the original Howard the Duck got to just continue existing in its own little universe. Well, I th- I, th-
2: I think that like they're, it's sort of like a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse thing, mm-hmm. but but owned by different IP. Like, That's so wild! It's yeah. so wild
1: that two specific sources would like to continue pursuing the rights to Howard the Duck.
2: I, well, I think it's kind of like the creator of Howard the Duck maybe like got fired or had some like some contractual thing sort of blow up, and yeah. as that was happening, he like wrote Howard the Duck into a different character that then got bought by a different, that he like sold or got bought by a different, uh, a different company.
1: What a it's, journey. Yeah. What a journey this little guy's been on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my perspective is so skewed after the kinds of things that we've watched and the kinds of things that I have like recreationally put myself through outside of the podcast. That this right. is just like a regular kind of a regular adult kids movie hybrid.
2: Yeah, this is like a movie where things happened in it, and there are things that I enjoyed watching, uh, yeah. and and that I guess that qualifies as as a, <laughs> a decent experience.
1: Our metric for what a watchable movie is is that there is a plot and characters do something, and I can grab onto more than three things that I enjoy.
2: And there's and there's nothing like profoundly despicable like there are despicable things in this movie but there's yeah. nothing like highway level mm-hmm. or uh, nothing
1: nothing i'm gonna like feel like i'm thinking about as i'm falling asleep and i'm worried right. that it's gonna invade my dreams More nothing just, like haunting. a benign amount of uh eeriness yeah i don't want to stare into those eyes but i can probably push them out of my mind forever now
2: yeah yeah i like it yeah well if you're gonna be somebody in this movie who would you be
1: Ooh, um, I mean, honestly, Jeffrey Jones's character when he's becoming the crazy alien is just so fun. I want to be that guy. I, mm-hmm. wanna, I don't, I don't want the throat thing, <laughs> but I, I, I think that I could choose to retract it. But I, I kind of want to be a uh, principal. What's his face? Who's been body snatched and turned into an alien on the inside? I had, I would have so many cool powers, and I would be disgusting.
2: Yep. Yeah, Uh, I think so. There's a a bit character that yells at Tim Robbins uh, and tells him to get back to work, and I would be that character (laughs) because it is how I feel about him in the movie.
1: Yeah, I'm convinced he's just science janitor. I think he mainly is there to clean the bathrooms, Mm -hmm. and he's stolen a lab coat and he's (laughs) wearing horn rim glasses and living a lie.
2: Uh, Track.
1: Well, this is, this, is a, this is a breath of fresh air, I will say, considering some of the things that we put ourselves through.
2: Uh, yes, without question. This, yes. Was, this was a watchable piece of cinema, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you can get past the explicit duck human fucking. Uh, well, until next time, I'll be Henry.
1: I'll still be Michelle.
2: And experiment and fast forward to the future of acting.